0: up, everybody? Anthony Cazenzi here with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. This is Happening Headlines from OBI, and we're going to get to a number of different things here, a number of different storylines and different things that have come about, not only about the Bengals and around the division. We'll get to a couple of NFL uh, headlines as well as we start to wrap up week one. Obviously, uh, we've got a Monday night football game on tap tonight and with, with an interesting one. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos taking on the Seattle Seahawks, his old team. So that'll be interesting to see exactly what plays out with that whole game, all the emotions in that game. Uh, I don't, depending on who you ask with the uh, with the Seattle Seahawks, are they tanking or are they not tanking? I don't know, trying to get a quarterback next year. We'll see. But regardless, this should be, just because of the emotion involved, a pretty entertaining game to watch. This evening, but before that game kicks off, we've got a lot of different headlines and things to get to. As the Bengals are coming off a very, very tough loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think everybody today is still kind of sitting here going, "What, <laughs> what happened yesterday?" Um, you know, a, a lot of takeaways, a lot of, I, I think, disgust within the Bengals. Locker room, it sounds like, and a lot of reflection and all kinds of different things. So, we're going to go through a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of it's from Cincy Jungle, some of it is from other outlet, Bengals outlets, and whatnot. And then we'll go through a little bit of the AFC North and then uh, some couple of things with the NFL because, unfortunately, as the season starts, usually that means there are injuries and different things going on. So, let's get it rolling. Before we do, want to remind everybody that. You can get this show and the others on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, which include Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends. If you went to his tailgate yesterday, you got to let us know. You got to send some pics or something so we can check out how that was. I'm sure it's a great time as always, but Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends is on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel as well as Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick and, of course, all of the episodes of Orange and Black Insider, whether it's the Happening Headline show, the Post Game recaps, the analysis show with John and myself, listener questions live as well. We've got all that stuff for you. And of course, we've been bringing you some uh, previews and or insight from uh, the the opposition here. We're going to continue that throughout the season. So hopefully you've enjoyed all that, but you can get that channel through your favorite streamer, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the major ones. We are there. You can click that little icon right down there to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available. You got also like the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, give that thing a thumbs up, and uh, like you know, follow us on Twitter, all that stuff where we stream live, so you can catch the live stream. Or, like I said, if you like the audio file afterwards, or want to watch the video afterwards, you got to subscribe, like, do all that good stuff. But anyway, here we go. Let's get rolling with some headlines and where to start. Hmm. Let's just get into snap counts, shall we? Some interesting developments on this front, and some surprising developments on this front. Dax Hill, and this is on CincyJungle.com. I will pin this link in the live chats for you all to go check out. Dax Hill barely plays. Didn't hear a lot about him, and nor did you hear a lot about Chris Evans. So uh, it was kind of play the standard players and know what you, you know, know what you've got here. You can see here the first round pick only played six snaps on Sunday. Uh, They were obviously playing, you know, a run oriented offense. And even when they were in passing type formations, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were doing end arounds with Chase Claypool and all kinds of different things. Uh, You know, they were, one of their biggest plays of the game was a flea flicker. I mean, they were really struggling passing the ball were the Pittsburgh Steelers and they really didn't do that much running the football either. Um, kind of a, anemic offense, so to speak. I know I probably shouldn't say that much when the Bengals are committing five turnovers themselves on offense, but, uh, you know, I mean, at least they were moving the ball and, and doing different things here, but at any rate, Dax Hill six snaps, Chris Evans. Here you go. This was the other part right here. Uh, Evans seems to be a guy um, that, I don't know, Just they're not really interested in getting him on the field at this point in time. Maybe they can't rely on his pass-blocking prowess as much as with Samaje P. Ryan. P. Ryan did have some nice catches and whatnot. Uh, I think he had close to about 40 total yards from scrimmage in a backup role, mixing well over 100 yards total uh, from scrimmage yesterday. And so, you know, you, you kind of figure, though, when you when we talk about Chris Evans specifically, no T Higgins, no no Tyler Boyd at some point in the game, and then you know you got no Joe Mixon. So why why not bring him out there and try and create a spark, particularly when protection issues were uh, you know kind of up and down throughout the the day? Maybe you can find something that's a safe pass and let him get in space and do work. Maybe you line him up in the slot. I don't know. At any rate, uh, not a lot from him there. So um, you know. Maybe we'll be seeing more from him going forward. And then 59 snaps a piece for Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, uh, Joseph Osai did have a few snaps 11, Cam Sample, 9, Zachary Carter, 11, rotating around those guys. BJ Hill had 51 snaps. And then, of course, you had his old buddy Larry Ogan Joby on the other side of the field yesterday. So um, not. Uh, you know, not with the Bengals anymore, obviously. Hayden Hurst um, playing a lot there. Drew Sample played 29 snaps. Hurst played 75 on Sunday. Really made the later ones count. And here you see here, um, you know, some predictable Cordell Volson, Alex Kappa getting 100% as, as all of the offensive linemen did. Davis Gay, they pretty quiet day. 12, 12 snaps, only 19%. Just kind of some highlights of some players here. Uh DJ Reader, 42 snaps, 67%. He had a good game against the run you see I, we mentioned sample Eli Apple 61 snaps playing 97% of the total snaps Pratt out there made a couple of nice plays 45 total snaps accounting for 71% Jufele inactive their new guy in the middle inactive of course Jamar Chase playing 100% same with Burrow Jonah Williams Lael Collins etc cetera, etc cetera. uh Sharping was inactive did not play Mike Hilton playing 53 53- snaps uh, or 84% of them. Mike Thomas getting a lot of extra work with the injuries at wide receiver late in the game, 69 uh, snaps and 69% of the snaps there. Mitchell Wilcox of course was pressed into action to be the long snapper there. That was kind of a interesting development to say the least P Ryan, there, 26 total snaps on offense there. You see Sam Hubbard 59 and uh, you know, some others here Uh, Tyler Boyd did have 80. Um, So, I mean, you look at that and you, you know, okay, uh, it gives you a glimpse at what the Bengals were doing. Really, they were kind of trying to, especially with Week One, trying to stick with the staples. Um, really trying to stick with the guys they knew, guys that had produced and and had played big roles against Pittsburgh, and they thought they had the right game plan out there. Uh, kind of using the the old reliables, so to speak. Um, let's go with a, a little bit of reaction from Zach Taylor on some of the challenges and different things with that. And you can see here Joe Dannemann, Fox 19 here, talking, saying Zach uh, Zach Taylor on Jamar Chase, the no-challenge play, the play where it looked like Jamar Chase was over the end zone. It was pretty certain we all thought he was, and it was not called a touchdown. They did not challenge it. And then, of course, late in the game, there was the issue with the rushing out the punter and rushing the punt in overtime. Number one, you know, you kind of feel like maybe you can – Maybe you try for the win there, be aggressive. I don't know. But number two, they did not let the clock, the the, the play clock, go all the way down. Uh, it, basically, punting the ball away with 15 seconds, giving you know the Steelers a lot more of an opportunity to potentially move the ball down and score, uh, which they ended up doing. But here's Zach Taylor on the Jamar Chase no challenge. That's the hardest position on the field for us to see. Didn't think he was in initially. A lot of craziness going on. But in hindsight, maybe we should have. Now, a lot of people are hammering Zach Taylor, I guess for somewhat good reason on this one that he should have challenged that and whatnot. But it almost takes a village, as they say, that, uh, to, to help challenge those types of plays. You know, you've got people looking at different plays and all of that. At a minimum, you know you kind of want to take all of the time possible to see if someone can take an extra look at that or what have you. Um, you know, I think also that was a big play in general. Um, so I, I hate to maybe phrase it like this and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but it could be that the Bengals were saying, Hey, you know, we, we got the first down there. That was a big first down play. We're going to be right at the goal line. We're set up. Well, let's just keep, let's just keep rolling, you know? Uh, and of course maybe they didn't get a good angle at it. So they couldn't really tell they, uh, the ref was right there. So maybe they also felt that if the ref who was right there looking at the play, if that official did not make the call of a touchdown maybe they felt like hey you know it's just not not worth reviewing it I, I don't know there's a lot of factors also week one rust and all of the all of that stuff so mm-hmm. again hindsight is 2020 you would like to have seen them challenge that you would like to have seen mm-hmm. them do things differently on the punt and uh, it's Zach Taylor but it's also others Um, you know there are a lot of people on the Bengals staff that could have helped with that particular situation moving on kind of talking a tiny bit of aftermath as to the Bengals week one loss to the Steelers here is one from CBS Sports um, and we'll give you this one here in the live chats there's the link there what happened to Joe Burrow I'm not going to go through the whole thing here but what happened to Joe Burrow against the Steelers examining the Bengals quarterbacks play in week one this is by Chris Trapasso really good and well thought out article breaking down the videos of his interceptions in different plays here. Um, and you can see here on, on one of the, it was as if Burrow locked onto Boyd before and after the snaps. Sure, it would have been advanced quarterbacking if Burrow, Burrow noticed Fitzpatrick lurking and either delivered the ball much earlier and closer to the sideline or not thrown it at all. Um, and then it's uh, uh, two of them actually came from targeting Boyd. Um, clean pocket, interception on this one so you can kind of see here at least one one man's take on what happened with Joe Burrow if you want kind of a thorough breakdown on you know Burrow's really uh, you know I, I I called it the worst day really probably he's had since Pop Warner football or something I mean if you look at the college stats you look at his pro stats you know there's nothing really like this type of game that we've seen so um again you're seeing here's a theme here late throws um on the final pick and whatnot. So just not, not in sync, not in sync, but a good article there on CBS sports for you all to check out, go check out that link that I put in the live chat to, to get some access and uh, some information from Chris Trapasso on that. It's a really, really thorough and good article. And then here's a little tweet from our guy, Matt Minnick, talking about, the offensive line, obviously, a lot of chatter there. Rewatching the game, sacks were individuals getting beaten, had nothing to do with the OL's lack of game experience together. That's one man's take there. Obviously, he does a lot of film watching and a guy that we respect a lot in terms of you know the X's and O's from from the coach there. But saying it's not really the uh, you know a, a cohesion issue with the with the offensive line unit, but rather just guys getting. Straight up beat. And if you look, Alex Highsmith had three, what did he have? Three sacks yesterday, three to seven. Um, He was taken at two Jonah Williams early in that game. And then Watt made plays. Hayward was having his way with Volson. Volson was credited with seven pressures in that, in, in that game. So, um, you know, you can look at that and just say, you know, guys were just individually getting beat. It wasn't so much, you know, communication and different things. They just got beat on one-on-one matchups sometimes. And then, of course, Watt with the one batted ball and the one interception that he had, um, you know, that, that he didn't even engage Leo Collins in those two plays. Um, he just kind of stood there and waited because he had seen something there that he knew about from film and, and obviously playing Burrow a couple of times and and – You know, remembering (laughs) remembering some of these plays and layouts. More on Watt in a second. There's kind of some conflicting things about that. Obviously, he left the game injured yesterday. We've got a little bit more on that. Uh, This is, I I guess, a little bit of a rhetorical question, but also one that you know we can ask. Of course, T. Higgins now is day to day in concussion protocol. Hopefully, he comes back and plays well uh, and, and is healthy, and this doesn't linger around here. So uh, here is the link here on Cincy Jungle. And of course, our old head man giving us the video here, Josh Kirkendall with the – I love the, the phrasing there. Helmet to helmet is an optional flag. This was a helmet to helmet hit. The only reason I can think to, as to why this was not flagged is because T. Higgins is also lowering his head because he is being tackled and you know maybe the defender was thinking he was going to go low the officials maybe read it that way regardless it is yet another helmet to helmet hit in this rivalry guys getting concussions guys exiting games all of that and they are important players do not belittle the fact that even though the Bengals did not play well and turn the ball over and whatnot losing t higgins was a big big loss yesterday um, and hopefully he comes back this next week and, and ends up staying healthy and playing well for the team. But that was a big loss to the offense yesterday, especially down the stretch. Um, I guess we could play this. Let's see if a little. And then that was the shot. You can see there. And then the little twist at the end was also something that I, I think a lot of people took umbrage with as well. The twist and driving of the arm at the end there is also, uh, oh man, I don't know if you want to say. Textbook Steelers, Steelers 101, whatever. Got to get him the next time. One player, a new guy that ended up playing well and, and impressing a lot of folks, particularly later in the game, was Hayden Hurst, tight end. Had a couple of nice catches. I think he had five for 40 and change on the on the day, just off of the top of my head there. So I uh, had a couple of nice catches, including I think one of them was a 20-yarder. So, uh, you know, he's on that one-year deal with the Bengals and came over after the Bengals lost CJ Uzama. So this is uh, yeah, five for 46. Um, So you can see here, you know, it's just uh, looking pretty good there in a lot of different respects. Let's uh, pull up this tweet here as well. This is from Andrew Russell, our guy, Andrew Russell. We like, we like his Twitter account. Uh, We're going to pull this up here. Sharp guy has a good read on a lot of different things. And this kind of plays into that article about Hayden Hurst, impressing what I saw of Hurst. This is the tweet here from Andrew Russell at Andrew underscore Russell seven. What I saw of Hurst, I really liked. And I think moving forward, he'll garner more attention from burrow. Additionally, Hurst was the highest graded run blocker yesterday, 67.5 from PFF and had a 17.6 positively graded play rate on running plays. Best among the non-offensive line guys, he was moving guys. So that gives you a little bit of context here. Again, 67.5 run block grade for Hayden Hurst yesterday, 17.6% positively graded play rate on running plays. And that in conjunction with the cut the five catches for 46 yards, helping the team out late. So good debut for Hayden Hurst and probably more to more to come. Unfortunately, this kind of was also one of the major areas. I mean, uh, you can say the the turnovers and the injuries and whatnot, but this one to long snapper Clark Harris, he is going to IR with a torn biceps. He suffered it on a kickoff, or excuse me, a punt return. Uh, Kind of reached out, grabbed the return man. Arm got kind of pinned back in a weird way. Uh, did not make the tackle, unfortunately, but also tore his biceps in the process. So now Clark Harris is on IR with the torn biceps tendon. Cal Adamitis, the guy who was getting a lot of work in the preseason, is was signed for, from the practice squad. You gotta, you gotta hope that Adamitis is ready to go. He did in some other interviews today on Monday. Said you know he was thanking Clark Harris for being a really good mentor and whatnot. So you know that's that's a pretty cool situation there, but you got to hope that there are no snafus going forward with the special team situation. That battery now of McPherson, Huber, and Adam Midas now replacing Harris. And bummer for bummer for Clark Harris. He's just a guy that is a fan favorite. He's really engaged with a lot of different you know, members of the fan base. And he's just a really cool guy and uh bummer to hear all of that, but uh speedy recovery there. And hopefully Cal Ad- out steps up and ends up, you know, taking care of business, really just kind of steadying the boat after yesterday. That's really, yeah, has to evolve. that's a really good point. You know, you, nobody cares about it until it happens. Until you have issues. That is a, a very astute point. This was a good one on bangles.com from Jeff Hobson because it has a ton of quotes from guys in the aftermath of it. If you've not had a chance to read that, please do Jeff Hobson right there. Here are some of the quotes here from Leo Collins is one. We will learn from this. We will learn from this. This train is going to keep on rolling. Uh, so, you know, still confident, uh, Talking about um the the offensive line getting some rust off, I got he smiled and said we got some, didn't we? So at any rate, um there's there's some other quotes from Collins and others. We'll be fine. I'm not worried about this offense or this team. We'll be fine. Uh, and he has a big game on on the calendar coming up as the Bengals go to Dallas and he returns to play his old team, the Cowboys there. Uh, and then of course, Tyler Boyd had cramps later late in the game. That's not good. Uh, and then here's Zach Taylor talking about the turnovers and all that kind of stuff. It's not the way we wanted to start the season, but we're smart enough to know not to react when you lose the turnover battle five to nothing. I don't expect to win many games. We almost did. So you've got to find the silver lining there. Uh, wow. Almost took the words off of my story. That will be forthcoming on, since he jungle the good bad and the ugly um finding the silver lining there with that with this loss uh so i mean a lot of different stuff here and then here's uh from jamar chase quote i was surprised we lost the game the way we did not at the chances we had we knew what the steelers were going to play so we came out with a much better mindset in the second half um Chase agreed Burrow looked more comfortable in the second half against the two high zone, but he disagreed. Rust was a big factor in the loss. What do you think? I don't think so. I don't believe that. So a lot of talk about the rust and all that kind of stuff, because starters did not play in the preseason. Debatable, definitely debatable. So go check out that article uh, pinned in the live chats there from bangles.com and Jeff Hobson. Well, big news happened late yesterday Uh, I suppose it was, it would have been last night. Yeah. So Dak Prescott is now going to be out. The timetable looks to be anywhere from six to 10 weeks, more likely eight to 10. So here's the thing folks. And we'll parlay this one into a little bit of another article down the road. Um, But the Bengals have two very winnable games back to back here. Um, And depending on what you think about Miami uh, in week four Bengals now face a backup quarterback against a Dallas team that, you know, I personally think they maybe showed a bit of regression from last year to this year in terms of offseason attrition and whatnot. But now you've got a backup quarterback. There still would have been a tough matchup with Prescott in the game, obviously. And then you have a backup quarterback and an old foe Joe Flacco in the New York jets waiting in the wings there the following week. So the Cincinnati Bengals in the next couple of weeks may have set themselves up pretty well for a good rebound from this loss and or set themselves up to really kind of start right in the ship, right? I mean, getting things back on track, feeling pretty good about yourself if you're playing essentially two backup quarterbacks because Zach Wilson is set to, uh, by all accounts, miss the first four games of the season. So We'll see there, though. Dak Prescott will not be suiting up. He did have surgery today on his thumb, and he will be out probably about eight weeks or so by multiple reports there. Bengals will face a backup quarterback as they get set to take care of things. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Kind of some big news and conflicting reports on this guy here, T.J. Watt. It the Initially, it was, oh, he fully tore his pec. And I think he, he actually said it on the field and the, the camera got him saying it. So it looks like he may have torn his pec. There are other reports out there saying it may be partially torn. So he may not miss the whole season or may not require all the surgery. Whatever the case may be. Either way, late in the game. Uh, exited uh, tearing uh, his pack and actually did it with which I think he was grabbing Burroughs helmet or whatnot um, at at some point. So regardless, he left the game, did not return. And so there are conflicting reports in terms of, was it a full tear and he's not coming back this year? Is it partially torn? He can either still play or what have you, maybe not as bad as originally feared. Don't know. He had a whale of a game yesterday in a lot of different respects so he, losing him would be a big loss, particularly with that offense. The way the Steelers' offense looks, um, you know, really it it was a story of four guys on the Steelers that took over the game: Watt, Hayward, Highsmith, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, so if you lose Watt, that's going to be a big that's going to be a big one. Yes, thank you, Sage. Also wanted to uh, remind folks talking about the Bengals taking on the Cowboys. Right now, the line has jumped thanks to. The injury to Dak Prescott, the line has jumped. The Bengals are favored once again by a touchdown as we sit here early in the week over the Dallas Cowboys. Thank you, Sage Ohio, for the reminder. I meant to say that earlier, but Bengals are a touchdown favorite again this week as they get set to take on Dallas Cowboys and a backup quarterback there. So we'll see if they can cover that was not, (laughs) that was definitely not a fun, uh, attempt at covering the spread this last week. That is, that is for sure. All right. Keeping it up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously the Watt news kind of headlining things. Uh, there is a week two blog here from Teresa Varley on Steelers.com. There you go. Pin that one live for you. And then this is just kind of talking about, you know, uh, Well, you know, Cam, hey, we're talking about T.J. Watt. I don't know what the details are. We'll rally around him, make sure guys step in in the meantime, and whenever he gets back to us, we'll be ready. It's part of the game. Even when I got injured, it's unfortunate for the player, but the rest of the team has to step up. Um, And then he's talking about not pressing and trying to do more if Watt is out of the lineup. Um, And then – was complimentary of Alex Highsmith. I thought Alex played really good. It's a testament to his ability to condition himself while he was injured. He stayed locked in. Um, I think Highsmith, if I remember correctly, left the game with an injury or, or something yesterday as well. Uh, so Hayward again, quote, we're built for anything that comes our way. It might not always be pretty. It might have you on the edge of your seat, but for us, we treat it as football. And then uh, Kevin Dotson chimed in with it. It's something that had your stomach hurting for a long time. You wanted uh, you wanted it to be over, but you were so into it, you were just going with it, uh, talking about the game there, and then Chase Claypool. Uh, and so defense stood on their head is what he tweeted out. feels good to be back, and obviously tweeting out because of the win there, Chase Claypool. Um, again, a lot of the players on offense kind of, for the most part, non-factors, you know, it was <laughs> – Seemed to be a challenge for Mitch Trubisky to sit back and throw a forward pass of any kind of depth of target. But, hey, I digress. They got the win. They figured it out. Their defense stepped up, created a avalanche of turnovers. So, figure it out. Yeah, Jeremy, yeah Jeremiah says seven sacks. Yeah, they, they, got every, they got all that stuff against the Bengals for sure. Let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. By the way, in case you missed this, the AFC North – Every team but the Bengals won in the AFC North. So the Bengals are the lone own one team. Cleveland squeaking out a win over the Carolina Panthers, beating Baker Mayfield. In that one at the last minute, you have the Ravens taking it to the Jets and, and their old quarterback, Joe Flacco. And then, of course, Steelers squeaking by the Bengals in this one as well. But G- Jacoby Brissett had an emotional post-game conference obviously he's had to deal with a lot with the entire Deshaun Watson thing. He's had to answer a lot of questions. He's had to, you know, step in and kind of just make sure that the Browns win games and whatnot. Uh, And so he kind of was fighting through emotions when asked a lot of different questions after the the Browns um, barely beat at the end there Uh, uh, with Cade York kicking a 58 yard game winning field goal, the rookie kicker, Cade Cade York, um, he he when asked quote i think emotions were high this moment sorry Brissett said as his eyes began to tear up uh, the build up to this moment it goes further than for me for being here a long time coming getting to this point he has had a very just i, I mean you could use a lot of different adjectives to describe his career it's been a lot of different ups and downs and twists and turns. And he's been with, you know, some different teams and all kinds of different things. And uh, he starts here and there, he doesn't, and you know, he's had to bide his time. And so you can see why this one probably meant a lot. And obviously this offseason with what I mentioned, he has had to endure as a player and step in and do. And then of course the whole storyline with Baker Mayfield, taking him on all of that, um, you know, it was just a big week and a big moment for him. So if you get a chance, go, go, Listen to or watch the post-game press conference with Jacoby Brissett, and uh, you know you'll 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 see the emotions pouring through. That's for sure. And then with this Cleveland, as they take on the Jets, I think the Jets. If I remember correctly, I'll have to double check this. I think the Jets open the season. With all four AFC North teams back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, I think. Or it could be the Steelers in Week 5. I, I don't know. But it's – they have – obviously, the Jets play the Ravens Week 1. They play the Browns Week 2. They play the Bengals Week 3. I have to check and see if they play the Steelers in Week 4 or 5. That would just be crazy just play that division back-to-back-to-back to back to back like that. But at any rate, the Browns are 6.5 favorites against the Jets – and that is according to draft Kings. So they are, and this is on dogs by nature, by the way, the Cleveland Browns site on SB nation. So this is uh, the Browns are getting some love here, despite not having their true starting quarterback, they are getting some love and they are heavy favorites against the New York jets going into this week. Ravens are once again, fighting the injury bug, man, they just can't keep away from it. Um, ravens injury updates jawan left tackle juan james suffers torn achilles yikes um and kyle fuller to undergo mri this is on um this is on baltimore beatdown and by the way we have another development on the kyle fuller injury there uh, a guy they they signed to definitely shore up the secondary no doubt because of what happened in part with the games against Cincinnati last year and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and company, but Kyle Fuller's season is already over. This is, it is confirmed a torn ACL. This is Ryan Mink on Baltimore Ravens.com. So man, two big injuries on both sides of the ball yesterday for the Baltimore Ravens after they had to overcome so many others uh, last year. And so this, this streak of bad season ending injuries to important players is, Uh, unfortunately carrying over a little bit going into this year. So Kyle Fuller, uh, you know, heavy rotator, defensive back. There is uh, a guy that he's, they're not going to be able to rely on this year with the torn ACL. All right. As we, we'll get to a couple more around the NFL. This is just kind of an around the NFL uh, injury tracker and whatnot. NFL news roundup on NFL.com. So you can, go here to get a lot of information on different teams and where they're at with injuries and whatnot. Derek Barnett of the Eagles suffered a torn ACL in the win over Detroit. Um, And then you can see here uh, Mac Jones having back spasms with the New England Patriots who fell to 0-1 after losing to the Dolphins. Um, You have some other injuries. Keenan Allen has a hamstring injury for the Chargers. Donald Parham has the same issue. Uh, J.C. Jackson has a 50-50 50-50 shot at playing Thursday night. Uh, J.C. Jackson missed week one. Didn't really matter. The Chargers took care of business against the Raiders. Uh, and he did have surgery on August 23rd because of discomfort in the ankle. So um, we'll see exactly what happens there. And then the Chargers did. Old familiar face here, Christian Covington. They I, they had him on the practice squad. They brought him back um, to the, the active roster there. Uh, you have Anthony Averitt suffered a broken right thumb for the, uh, the Raiders there. A couple of different players, nursing injuries for the Chiefs going into week two. So uh, and then, you know, Packers, Chris Barnes, linebacker, high ankle sprain and calf injury. Uh, he was carted off the field, I think, uh, at the time. So. Uh, He may be able to come back in a few weeks. It looked, yeah, that's right. He was hard off with the air cast on the leg. That's, I remember seeing that yesterday. So yeah, uh, you know, kind of, kind of ugly. A lot of, uh, a lot of different injuries and whatnot in week one that comes with not only playing real football for the first time in a while, but also, you know, again, this deal about these guys not having game, uh, a lot of game experience potentially in the preseason and they you know, we're kind of catching up and, you know, their bodies kind of getting used to some of these, you know, the, the toll that comes with an actual game, a week one game, but that's going to do it for the happening headline show tonight. We went, we went live here on Monday night for you. Monday night football is just around the corner. So I appreciate all of you who tuned in live through various platforms. I appreciate all of you who, downloaded the show after the fact we've got bengal jim and friends with a great show tomorrow night on the cincy jungle podcast channel you'll want to check that out on their youtube channel our facebook page and then of course like i said on the audio channels afterward and then of course we've got our show john and myself wednesday night we've got more coming later in the week on orange and black insider as well as another great show from matt minick on chalk talk and coach speak so got a lot coming at you hopefully you are enjoying all of the content we are getting yeah hopefully you are keeping it to cincyjungle.com for all your news opinions analysis etc check all that stuff out we will be back later thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next episode